And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Running around the floor. It, it appears they haven't announced it yet. James Williams told them that. And Steve Kerr's reaction. Yep, he's going back to the locker room. Yeah. Wow, that is a huge call. That's a review. The foul has been upgraded to a second foul penalty, too. Draymond Green has been ejected for the windup. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFour here with Keith Parrish for your weekend update. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by going to theathletic.com slash NBA show and subscribing. Keith, we finally made it to the second round of the playoffs. Feels like the first round lasted a month and a half. I love how long the first round lasts. It didn't last possibly as long as the NBA hoped it would. With all the Game 6s ending the series, we had no basketball at all on Saturday. All the conspiracy theorists who claim the series get extended, the referees are given instructions to push it to 7. Whoopsie! Yeah, we had nothing on Saturday, and then on Sunday, uh, the second round kicked off. Well, Game 1 of a hotly anticipated Warriors-Grizzlies series, Keith, and man, this game was electric, especially down the stretch. The Warriors win game one in Memphis, 117 to 116, thanks to a clutch Klay Thompson three. Now, look, I want to go through the last two and a half minutes with you, Keith, because you probably were watching this the same way I was. Edge of my seat the entire time. John Morant has the ball with about two and a half minutes to go, and he attacks Jordan Poole going left, gets the and one. And misses a big free throw, but he puts Memphis up two with about 219 to go. Wiggins winds up with a dunk on the other end off a Steph Curry miss and then a couple of Warriors passes. I mean, this was just a back and forth matchup for the last, I mean, five minutes really, but this part in particular was just incredible. Ja then answers on the other end with a floater over Clay Thompson, and then the Warriors come right back down and John Morant blows his assignment. Gary Payton uh, II slips behind him for a wide-open layup. Steph Curry just finds him just a nice, easy pass layup. Then there's a disputed out-of-bounds call that winds up overturned in the Grizzlies' favor, and then on the ensuing baseline out-of-bounds, John Morant floats a beautiful lob over the backboard for Brandon Clark for an easy layup, putting Memphis back up two. Then you get a wild possession at the other end where the Warriors end up with a jump ball between Klay Thompson and Dylan Brooks. Golden State ball, 39.7 seconds left in the game. And just like they drew it up, sideline out of bounds, Klay Thompson pump fake steps left. Klay Thompson hits a big three, puts the Warriors up one. On the other end, 
Ja drives on Steph Curry. They get the matchup that they think they want, but Steph, with five fouls, makes two huge plays on the ball. Hits the ball twice, Keith. It was pretty incredible. And, I mean, listen, this is just the sort of defensive play that Steph Curry has actually been making all season long, and this was a follow-up to what we saw. Warriors get the ball. It takes Memphis like 30 seconds to foul. I mean, just so much time burns off the clock. Then Klay Thompson winds up at the free throw line with 6.7 seconds to go. And Keith, Klay Thompson's automatic from the free throw line. But he misses both free throws, (laughs) giving Memphis a chance here. So the second miss actually goes out of bounds, and it's off Dylan Brooks, which they can't review because neither team has a challenge. I'm telling you, Keith, it was chaos. I know you were there, but it was chaotic. So since neither team had a challenge, we get a jump ball at center court with 4.8 seconds to go. The Grizzlies win the tip, immediately take a timeout, 3.6 to go, down one. And this is where I want to start, Keith, because this after timeout call was fantastic. They got Ja a full head of steam going downhill, takes a handoff up at the top of the key, and he misses a layup that he can make. But man, it was tough. Guarded perfectly. Warriors win. What a game. It was an incredible game. As you recapped that, I started sweating through yet another shirt. I just changed out of the shirt I sweat through uh, going through it the first time. Uh, give me give me a warning next time. I had to relive it. No, it was it was nightmares. There's a lot to break apart from just those final minutes, uh, not the least of which that Draymond Green wasn't available from getting thrown out. But just the final play, you know, you see, it, it was a good play, but also it was a, an incredibly tough shot. This was not the game winner uh, that the jaw made against the Timberwolves where Anthony Edwards overplayed the basketball and he got like the left-handed layup. This was a full sprint from like he ran, he sprinted for 60 feet. He got the handoff from Brandon Clark and uh, Gary Payton too. And Clay Thompson were both right on him. So it was a very difficult shot um, that Ja made and the Warriors, you know, they come out of there with a huge win in game one. They extend their NBA record for having won a road game in is it 25 consecutive playoff series? Absolutely amazing. The other Warriors buckets, you spelled it out the way it felt for me as someone who covers the Grizzlies and cheers for the Grizzlies. They were losing guys frequently uh, and giving up open dunks. You know, incredible cutting all game from Jordan Poole, Gary Payton, two in the final minutes. And also, like that, Wiggins dunk came off second chance opportunities. The Warriors beat the Grizzlies at their own game by winning them. Uh, by winning the second chance points and thus uh, Warriors up 1-0. And like you said, very exciting, very good, very hectic and frantic basketball game. Well, this was a game, Keith, that the Warriors should not have won. If I just told you the events of the game and none of the scores, you would say, oh, certainly Memphis pulls this off. And I think one of the key moments here, Keith, end of the second quarter, approaching halftime, Draymond Green called for a flagrant two. Controversial. I I wonder, Keith, if they might downgrade that because of those flagrant points in the playoffs. It it didn't look like a flagrant two to me. I don't don't think they're going to downgrade it. I – it was an interesting – Flagrant two and the way the referees explained it in the pool report after the game, you know, they said there was the wind up and the hit to the face, which certainly occurred. And like no one disagrees the way the NBA is officiated nowadays. That's a flagrant one, uh, obviously there. But it was honestly like the hit to the face was like a I don't know. 
if we have shades of degrees between one and two, it was like, all right, we're creeping up now. And then after the hit, he unquestionably pulls Brandon Clark's jersey down. So he does, you know, he grabs the jersey. He pulls an airborne guy down. So for me, that's where I understood it. Okay, they've judged this as you hit him in the head and then he was airborne and then you yanked his jersey down. Then the officials say to the pool reporter, he then throws him to the ground. This is where I think Warriors fans have an argument. He didn't really throw him to the ground. At this moment, I think Draymond Green decided maybe a hit to the face and a pull down is enough. I need to make sure this guy doesn't come crashing back down to, to the ground. So he did try to hold him up a little. I... I understand uh, people who think it wasn't a flagrant two, but I think by the letter of the law, I, I'm guessing that holds up. And, you know, do they bring in t history when they think about these things? Because I think the league office does. I don't think the game officials probably consider, you know, who did the foul. Maybe they do. But I also think if you're going to turn down, if you're going to lower the points, I got to think the league office is like, um, Sorry, Draymond, you've been there, done this, and uh, it wasn't a great look. But what do you think? You so you thought it was flagrant one. Why didn't it rise to the criteria for you for flagrant two? I I just thought it was uh it was a hard foul for sure. I, I didn't really. I mean, the wind up is always a kind of a nebulous term to me. It's like, all right, you're trying to block <laughs> sure. a shot, right? Like he sure. was making a basketball play, and then the grab, he was trying to prevent the shot. Um, it's not great, but I also think that we've had a league that has. It encouraged grabbing guys who were bigger than you while they were shooting around the basket. And I'm not saying that, that this is sort of a byproduct of that, but I, I just didn't think it was that bad. He did try to hold him up. I didn't think he was actually trying to hurt him when he was in the air. Intent yeah. doesn't matter. And you're right. Letter of the law. Probably I'm with a you there. So two. the intent, intent doesn't matter. And also, I'm a big guy on just because you try to help a person up or prevent them from falling, that does not absolve you of the blow to the head and the pulling down an airborne guy. Like That just means you're not a sociopath. Okay, like if you if, if Draymond realized he did he did wrong and he's like, all right, you know what? I should let this guy fall on his face because I pulled him. I pulled him down. Yes, I should probably try to keep him from falling flat on his face. So it doesn't give you that, at least in my book, Dave, it doesn't give you any points that you try not to injure a guy after you realize, hey, maybe I shouldn't have grabbed the airborne player and yanked his jersey down. But again, Keith, like I said, Draymond ejected. This is a game that the Warriors should not have won. And part of that is because Jaron Jackson and John ja Morant on the offensive end were fantastic. And I would argue Jaron was pretty good defensively. But 33 points for Jaron, 6 of 9 from 3, 34 points for Ja, 4 of 11 from 3. The big problem, Keith, outside of Brandon Clark and DeAnthony Melton, they didn't get much else. Well, it was a weird game in that Desmond Bain, who is the hero for the first round series for the Grizzlies and has been probably the Grizzlies' most consistent player over the last couple months, he wasn't really there. He didn't deliver the offense that he normally delivers. And you point out Jaron Jackson Jr., a playoff career-high 33 points. It's the first time all year the Grizzlies have lost if he's made over three three-pointers. So Jaron hits six. So from a Grizzlies perspective, you're thinking – they wasted a Jaron Jackson Jr. game. They also wasted a game where they themselves made 16 three-pointers. The Grizzlies made 16 of 40 three-pointers. In the regular season, they only lost one time if they made at least 40% uh, percent of the three-pointers, and it was in the last week of the season. It was a meaningless game. So, like, the Grizzlies have to be really kicking themselves that they lost a game, one, where Jaron made his threes, the entire team made their threes, where De'Anthony Melton came off the bench, knocked down some three-pointers. They made enough three-pointers. They got a solid game from John Morant. Draymond Green got ejected, and they still didn't find a way to pull it out. Yeah, and uh, key stat to watch going forward, 
the Warriors actually matched them in offensive rebounds, Keith. And for a team that's small, that's going to be a big surprise to a lot of people. I th- you know, I think that's the big thing. It's the offensive rebounds, the second chance scoring that the Warriors did. What the Grizzlies are going to have to figure out is can they keep using some of the smaller lineups that they use to great effect against Minnesota? It might be playing into the Warriors' hands. And also, you have to credit... I mean, you credit, like, we said his name so many times already, but, like, Gary Payton, too, started this game. Slightly a, a surprise there. He was big at all times. He grabbed four huge offensive rebounds. Also gave Jaw some problems. But, I mean, Jaw put up some huge numbers, but there were times where he definitely hampered him. And, like, the whole team. I, I don't think, honestly, we've said Jordan Poole's name enough because he was outstanding. He was amazing. He was a huge problem. Memphis could not track him down. They couldn't find anybody to slow him down. He's so quick with the basketball and without the basketball. He just gave the Grizzlies fits and like he carried this team. You know, he's the guy who gave up his starting spot, you know, to, 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 to Gary Payton and this one, but Jordan Poole was awesome. Steph Curry's awesome. And, uh, again, I, this is going to be a great series. I really think it's going to be a great series. I know most people were picking the Warriors to advance in this one, but like I think it's going to be a fantastic and long series. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Antetokounmpo, Williams, stout defense, threw it to himself, oh! He's eviscerating the Celtics inside, wow! Okay, Keith, I got a question from the early game. Would it surprise you to know that I don't know who Jack Harlow is. I also don't know who Jack Harlow is. I also don't know who the ref is who didn't know who Jack Harlow is. But oh, I knew uh, who we're both all the ref- on the same. And I knew who both of the refs were. Uh, that's something I know. Is it our demographic, Dave? We're referee demographic. How does that make you feel? Uh, not no, not me. But uh, <laughs> also, I am Giannis Antetokounmpo's demographic because that dude was awesome against the the Celtics in Boston in Game One of the second round series between the Bucks. And the Celtics, 101-89, the Bucks win on the back of a 24-point, 13-rebound, 12-assist, 2-block, triple-double from Giannis. And a lot of people, Keith, are going to look at that 9 of 25 from the field, and they're going to miss a guy who had a really complete game. I mean, both sides of the ball. Well, it's the playoffs. And sometimes, if you're the best player, you got to go out there and do a nine for 25. You got to do what you got to do. And this guy was absolutely the best player on the court. This is a big surprising result. Everyone picked the Celtics to advance in this series that, you know, they're hot off this sweep of the Nets. They're like the favorites to come out of the East. The, the Bucks are missing Chris Middleton. And they did the not so fast, my friend. They came out and just delivered like a wallop of a punch in game one. Their defense was awesome. 
We thought the Celtics defense was really going to shut down the Bucs. And hey, guess what? Yeah, you slowed Giannis, but his force of will was enough. And the Celtics didn't have players on their team who could match what Giannis was doing. Yeah, the Bucs started off this game hot. They actually were 10 of 20 from three in the first half. And they really controlled things, I thought, Keith, because of that shot making early. And when it went away, Boston just couldn't do anything. It's make or miss league, right? Well, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined to go 10 of 31. And when your wing stars, I mean, these are the guys that take the shots for Boston. If they're not hitting shots, Keith, then you got problems. One of the strangest stats of this game, in the second half, the Celtics made four two-pointers. They made four two-point field goal attempts. They only made 10 for the game. They're 10 for 34. I think they're just the second NBA team ever in the playoffs to, to make 10 or fewer Two-point field goals? It's weird. They made 18 threes, and normally that's a recipe in the NBA nowadays to win. It's certainly a recipe for the Celtics to win. It also goes to the weird, the Grizzlies. Like, the Grizzlies make 16 threes. They normally win. Uh, But in both games, those teams who made the higher three-point totals lose. And this one, hey, guess what? You can't go 10 for 34 on two-pointers, probably, against the defending champs and walk away with the victory. Yeah, and both teams, I thought, Keith, were pretty sloppy. I mean, including the Bucs, who wound up winning 18 Turnovers for the Celtics, 13 turnovers for the Bucks, And Keith, the points off turnovers, the, the disparity was huge. 27 to 6, the Bucks outscored the Celtics. Yeah, that's a, that's a wild disparity for the turnovers being kind of not not that far apart. I like how you say it was just kind of like a sloppily, or it just it was sloppy, but also like that's just good playoff defense, baby. These are two teams who are really, really good, really, really locked in, and I think we're, we might see some ugly scores in this one as teams struggle against the other's uh, really oppressive and sweltering defense. Well, speaking of which, I mean, Brooke Lopez and Giannis, I thought, put on a clinic in this game. You know, talked about the poor shooting from the Celtics, uh, but it was triggered by the Bucks' defense. It was, it was just as much as those guys missing shots. I thought that the way that they get Brooke in that roamer spot when he's playing center field, and then you have Giannis playing, kind of creating chaos on the back line, and that's the same recipe that won them a championship, Keith. And just to rub their nose in it, Giannis threw himself an alley-oop off the backboard pretty late in this game, and that was just like, oh, my God, a cherry on top. Well, that's what you do when the defense takes away all your passing lanes. Hey, you know what? I'm the biggest and baddest guy out here. Why don't I throw the ball out off the backboard to myself and and throw it down? Yeah, definitely a good exclamation point for a – like, can the defending champs have like a – can they send a message to the league? Like, hey, we're still here, guys. Like, like we're still here and, uh, you know, an impressive win. This one might also be a very long series. I think, you know, the first round was all chalk and now this one, I think most people, I guess, you know, technically the Grizzlies are the higher seed, but a lot of people because of the Embiid injury, they're just picking the higher seeds to advance outside of the Warriors, but Giannis and the Bucks maybe don't want to go quietly into the night and we might get uh, a bunch of really epic second round series. Yeah, and you know this Middleton injury is huge, but Robert Williams did not look great in in Game One, and Marcus Smart, he suffered a shoulder stinger and actually had to leave the game. Came back at the start of the second half, but then he took a couple of shots to his quad on the same leg, and so he was like walking with a limp to in this game. So maybe not as big of an injury as losing Middleton, but certainly those are two guys that are vitally important to what Boston does on defense. Yeah, Boston's got a lot of help from their bench, but they don't lean on them that heavily. They have a core group. They want to give a lot of minutes to Smart and then, you know, to the 
Brown and Tatum and, and Horford and like losing any of those guys for any amount of time or any any bruises and dings that you pick up that slow you down will have a big effect on how effective Boston can be. Yeah, well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Hope you guys have a great start to your week. We got basketball buds coming up, tampering, nerder. We got everything all week right here on the Athletic NBA Show. Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.